welcome to today's episode of Art 101, Artists on the Business of Art. If you're an artist and or have a fantasy about being one professionally, these artists will give you the inside scoop into their lives, careers, and what it's really like to make your living as a fine artist, illustrator, or artisan. Your host is award-winning illustrator and designer, Michael Gibbs. Fine artist Andrea Arroyo immigrated to New York from Mexico in the early 1980s to study in the professional program of avant-garde choreographer Merce Cunningham. She danced professionally for years, and then she decided she wanted to be a fine artist. She became a star in this industry, too. In fact, Bill Clinton recently selected her to create the Clinton Citizen Awards Project. These are just some of the many accomplishments achieved by this talented woman who we are sitting with today at the Malcolm X and Betty Shabazz Memorial Center on Broadway in New York City. So welcome to the Truly Amazing Women Show, Andrea. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Hope. Welcome to New York, and thank you for coming to my show. My pleasure. Actually, we are also interviewing you for our Art 101 series because you are just this incredible self-taught artist. So the first question that we're going to ask you is to talk about this show that's here at this Malcolm X Gallery. Well, first of all, I, uh, I am very honored to be exhibiting in such a significant venue. It's a historical venue that I'm very proud of uh, being part of right now. And uh, the show is titled Memories Interlaced, and it's about uh, memories. It's about what we hold, especially what women hold dear, what we hold as important. And uh, it's paintings on uh, canvas and textile, uh, te different textiles from around the world, and also paintings on lace. So Malcolm X was actually shot here. Tell us a little bit about this gallery space. It's a beautiful uh, building built in 1912. And it was a ballroom for a long time. It's the old Audubon ballroom. And uh, it was uh, the place where Malcolm X was shot in 1965. Uh, it was abandoned for many, many years. And then Columbia University renovated it. And it was opened again in 2009. So it's a beautiful uh, space with original moldings and features that are architecturally just beautiful. It's an exquisite space. Now, let's talk a little bit about your art and why you're showing here and the juxtaposition of history and modern art. Yes, I, uh, you know, as, a, as an artist who comes from somewhere else, I'm originally from Mexico, I'm always in awe of the history of the states, and especially of New York. So when I uh, visited the, the space for the first time, I fell in love with it, not only because of the beauty that it holds, but also for the significance to the community and for the world at large. Um, so I uh, wanted to uh, create something that created a bridge between the past and the present, both honoring the history of the venue and also the community that lives around uh, this venue as well. So it's about the past and the present and also about bringing together the male and the female energy. I wanted to bring the female energy into this recent. And, um, you know, just having that idea of, you know, past and present, uh, you know, black and white, harmony and uh, solidarity among cultures. And those pieces, that, especially that piece on lace that's right there when you first walk into this beautiful building, it's just breathtaking. So tell it, you're a self-taught artist. How did you teach yourself? How did you follow your intuition, your instincts? And talk a little bit about the whimsicalness of your artwork. 
Well, when I was dancing professionally, I um, I was also uh, you know drawing a little bit, and I visited a lot of museums and I traveled quite a bit, and uh, I was inspired a lot by the uh, a release of the Near East in the British Museum in London. And when I came back to New York, I started creating work in, vis in, visual, in the visual arts. I created a whole series of sculptures um, because I felt very, very uh, comfortable in the three dimensions. So I created this body of work uh, thinking that it was just another expression of, uh, of art. Uh, but I was still you know, a professional dancer then, and I was doing both at the same time. So there's a lot of movement in your pieces and a lot of color. And actually, in your bio, you've been you say you've been fascinated by the female form. And that spurred your quest to research women's images and their stories. And that now you create work that commemorates the lives and stories of women. And you bring attention to gender justice and discrimination. Tell us why that's important to you and how you're managing to accomplish that goal. Uh, well, you know, issues that are socially relevant are very, very important to me, and I am very interested in the intersection between, uh, you know, socially relevant uh, issues and art. Uh, I think it's, art is a great tool uh, uh, to create social change, and for me, being a woman and being always uh, fascinated by the women's form and the female body, uh, it's important to me to also think about the issues that women face today. Uh, in, in New York, in Mexico, and around the world. So uh, I have been creating mostly work that celebrates women and celebrates the contributions of women in the culture, uh, uh, contemporary culture, and also throughout history, uh, but also bringing uh, light to issues that are challenging, you know, like uh, gender justice and the violence against women, especially. And what's going on in Mexico from your point of view in terms of making that a better situation for women? Well, Mexico, like many other countries, uh, is facing a lot of challenges, and uh, still the issue of uh, gender discrimination is pretty re prevalent. So uh, I have a project that is titled uh, Flor de Tierra, uh, Homage to the Women of Juarez, and it's uh, 400 drawings that are uh, a tribute to the victims of femicide in Juarez, Mexico, which is in the border of the U.S. and Mexico, across from uh, El Paso, Texas. So I am making uh, 400 drawings that uh, are in tribute to each one of the victims. Um, you know, it's an art project, it's not a social project, but as an artist I had the need to create this tribute to the victims of the femicides, not only in Mexico, but also to contribute a little bit to the dialogue about the prevalent culture of uh, violence against women that we all face today. So from a human point of view, in addition to being an artist, what do you think would change that? Do you think that there's anything in our lifetime that we'll see that will that this issue will subside? Uh, I hope so. <laughs> I am uh, definitely an optimist. Uh, as an artist, I have to be. Um, I think we all need to be conscious of what we do and the choices that we make every day. I think it's important. Uh, for example, in the case of the women of Juarez, uh, 
It's in, in the context of the border economy, and it's mostly the foreign-owned maquiladoras that go into Mexico uh, to, to do business because they have, uh, you know, better uh, conditions for them in terms of, uh, you know, cheaper labor and uh, less regulations. But that affects everyone. So every time, I think, every time we make a purchase, we're making a decision that is going to affect us and the world. So I think that's that's something that we can do, all can do, like every day, every time we buy a cup of coffee, we can think about who picks the coffee. Every time we buy a piece of clothing, we can think about who, you know, makes the clothing, who makes the money, and, you know, the corporations that are benefiting uh, from our money. That's awesome and powerful and puts the power in our own hands and maybe some, it's hard sometimes to, to think that far down the supply chain. So uh, I think your artwork really shines a beautiful light on being conscious about that. And on a lighter note, you are also the author of three children's books. Tell us about that. Yes, I uh, illustrated three, three children's books, and I have been doing uh, you know, different kinds of uh, collaborations and illustrations for different publications as well. And I like doing the children's books because uh, they're projects that, you know, it's, they take me a few months, and I get a story that is very, very... Um, uh, it, it's just given to me, and my imagination can, can run wild. And it's also a good way to uh, challenge myself to collaborate, because most of the time I work independently. I just make my paintings and my studio work. But when I do things like a children's books or a public art project or a mural or something like that, I am uh, collaborating with someone else, and that helps me to grow as an artist, as a professional, and I always learn something new. So tell us about these three books. What are the titles and what are the topics? Okay, so one of them is titled In Rosas, Mexico, and it's a whimsical uh, magic realism story about uh, Mexican culture. Uh, the other one is titled uh, The Legend of the Lady Sleeper, and it's a story of the Ojibwe Indians in Minnesota. And the other one is titled La Boda, and it's about a, the, a wedding in Oaxaca, Mexico. Interesting. Now, you've been commissioned by amazing organizations, the Library of Congress, Smithsonian, the National Museum of Mexican Art. Tell us about those exhibits and how you got there. Well, it usually has been uh, through different exhibitions that I had, so I get contacted by different organizations and museums, and I get invited to uh, have an exhibit. And uh, for me, it's always an amazing honor uh, because I create wo uh, work and art in the studio, and I never know where it's going to end. I mean, I have goals and I have plans, uh, but it's great to have something like uh, you know a piece in the Smithsonian or the Mexican Museum, so that I get a, a larger audience and I get the privilege of having my work be seen by you know a completely different community. So it's important to me. Yeah. yeah. Now tell us about the project that you did for President Clinton. Uh, yes, so I was uh, selected by uh, President Clinton and the Clinton Global Initiative as uh, the Clinton uh, Global Citizen Artist, and I created the work that was bestowed to five different visionaries from around the world. So those are people who are changing the world in dramatic ways. Uh, so it was given to uh, five different people, including Sting for, si for his work in the, with the Rainforest Fund, and also to Dr. Mukwege, who is uh, the founder of several hospitals in Africa that uh, treat women that are victims of uh, war and violence. Mm -hmm. And so 
how did the project um, evolve? What has come about? And did you get to meet President Clinton? <laughs> yes, I did, absolutely. It was, uh, it was a very, very rewarding project. From the beginning, I got a lot of, uh, they gave me a lot of freedom in terms of uh, creativity, so it was very nice. And uh, it was challenging as well because it's a collaboration, uh, but I love doing it. I love, you know, challenging myself and doing something new. Uh, and I did get to meet uh, President Clinton. Uh, he's kind and he's funny and he's super smart. And, and the Clinton Global Initiative uh, was an amazing event uh, that gathered together, you know, amazingly intelligent, bright, and kind people who get together to change the world. So for me, that's very, very important rather than, uh, I mean, I get, got to meet you very, very high profile people, which is very nice. Uh, but it's more about the visibility and that idea that art can be a bridge and a tool to change the world somehow. Love that. So let's talk about your leadership lessons for other artists. It's obviously not so easy to make a living as an artist, and you and your husband also, we should say, are a, a couple that does art together. So tell us a little bit about your husband before I launch into the, the Q&A for, uh, <laughs> for the artists. Yes, so my husband is a cartoonist and an animator and uh, also does art, you know, exhibitions and public art as well. So we have been both doing, um, you know, art and as freelance self-employed artists for many, many years. And uh, we love it. It's very challenging, but it's very, very rewarding as well. And what is his name? His name is Felipe Galindo and his pen name is Fego. So you can see his cartoons all over, published all over. Okay, so you're self, as we said, you're a self-trained artist. You taught yourself, and you worked your way from one project to the next to this point where you were ultimately working for President Clinton, and you have stuff displayed in like prestigious places all over the country. So tell us how you accomplished that and how others can follow in your footsteps. I think the most important thing is to create the best work possible. I mean, that's the main thing. You know, the work has to be high quality and it has to be relevant. Um, and then, you know, you have to have a goal and follow different steps and have a strategy in order for uh, for it to work and to not have to deal with, you know, frustration or uh, anything like that. So it's been a process, a learning process. I was very, very lucky from the beginning. I became a professional very, very early in my career. And I have been learning for many years and I always have the idea that I'm learning every day. So that's also a good element that I always have in mind that uh, you know, every time I uh, create a project or propose a project, I know that I'm gonna learn a lot of stuff, uh, both uh, creatively and in terms of uh, professionally, you know, how to deal with stuff, you know, logistics and other things that are important as well. So um, do you think that uh, everyone has an art artist inside them? Uh, sure, I mean, we are, creatures and we need to express ourselves. Uh, not all of us are gonna become professional artists, but uh, creativity is used not only expressed in terms of uh, you know painting or a drawing or a music piece, but it's also very much used in everyday life and in problem solving, so absolutely. So what's on the horizon for you? What are you working on now? 
Yes, I want to continue the series that I'm working on now, Memories Interlaced, uh, working with textiles and objects and garments that are from around the world so I can collaborate uh, with different people and with different uh, mediums. And, uh, you know, I want to show that uh, expanded series next year as well. I also would like to do a little bit more uh, of uh, public art projects and explore uh, the possibility of collaborations, maybe for works on the stage, for theater and dance and even music. So from, as a Latina, do you think that art by Latin Americans is widely accepted or do you think it's coming to become? I did a piece years ago on the Latin American art explosion where collectors were just gobbling it all up. Where do you think that stands now and what do you think is on the horizon for the industry for Latin artists? Uh, I don't think about it too much uh, when I'm working in the studio, but I know there's a reality there and there's a market and the market has kind of a life of its own. Um, I also think that it's, you know, it, it, it's cycles that people, you know, get interested in and there's more visibility, you know, for Latino art or for different kinds of art, um, but it comes in waves. I would love to see everyone realize that uh, Latino art or any kind of art, uh, it's part of the art world at large. And it's not new, it's nothing new. We have been here for generations and generations. And, uh, you know, from Frida Kahlo in the 30s and even before, of course, uh, the people who were already here, the Native Americans. Uh, so it's nothing new. Uh, I like the visibility. I'm glad that happens. Uh, but it's good to realize that uh, we have been here for a long time and mm -hmm. we're going to be here forever. So. I think that's excellent. And your work is magnificent. It's really just beautiful and passionate and powerful. We really appreciate your time. We, we really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us for Art One-on-One -on, -one on the Incandescent Radio Network. We are here with Andrea Arroyo. Please check out her website at www.andreaarroyo.com. That's A-N-D-R-E-A-A-R-R-O-Y-O.com. And we look forward to talking to you next time on Art 101, Incandescent Radio, the voice of entrepreneurs. We will talk to you soon. Thank you, Andrea. That's it for today's episode of Art 101, Artists on the Business of Art, hosted by award-winning illustrator and designer Michael Gibbs. Be sure to check back next week on the Incandescent Radio Network for another interview with an artist in the know. Here's to living your dreams.